people watching today welcome back to the takeover this is our third installment of the who's the man series now we had my dad antoine brown on we had uh aaron mason on who gave us a really charged enthusiastic word he gave us such an enthusiastic word but today uh you know we talked about uh the importance of a male role model with antoine brown i'm sorry dad <laughs> we talked about the importance of a male role model in a child's development with him we talked about the importance of a male role model in the church for the young men in the church well that just leaves out a very important group of young men the young men that are not well they might be in the church but what if they don't go to your church and you need to find a way to influence them and i was thinking i said you know lord God Almighty in heaven above, send me someone who is an expert in, in reaching young men. And the Lord gave me a name. Mm, hallelujah. Mm. And that name didn't mean anything to me. So I said, who is that, Lord? Lord said, okay, uh, here. Here's somebody you know. And, uh, you know, so hiding in plain sight, really, Marcellus Miller came out of nowhere. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. That's kind of a unique intro. Yes, it is. A <laughs> name didn't mean much to you. That's all right. Well, you know what? I'm glad to be on your on your show. Oh, well, my show? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It is amazing. You know, we But grown. you know what? It's like I've been here before. Maybe, maybe you have been here mm. before. Maybe I don't know. I don't believe in ghosts and like, you know, but maybe in that realm you were here. Mm. Your presence, your aura. In spirit. Yes, in the spirit and in the truth. Because the truth will set you free. Okay. Amen. So why don't we just go ahead and get started? I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like I was saying before, you know, Marcellus uh, has a unique opportunity to reach young men um, in, a different, in a different platform, in a different arena. You know, not just in the church. I mean, but he, he is over you know, our teens ministry here. Um, and we hope to re be reaching many young people with this show. But in addition to that, he is a coach. So it's kind of like a, a superhero thing, you know, saved by day and then saved by night, but in the gym <laughs> with the men. Just a different type of save. Correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, That's what he, as he's saying that. I didn't say that. Well, we all should be saved all the time some of us never mind well, never praise mind God. Ever, ever mind so uh you know i had a team of researchers help me out with this um you actually co-founded a basketball club mm -hmm. bas i think it's called mml mid-michigan lakers basketball club correct right that's correct um you know What's, what's going on with that? How does that how does that work? Well, first of all, let me say this. I've been coaching. I coached my first team when I was 14 years old. Um, my uncle, who 
used to coach at Scott Elementary School for a long time. Um, he had to go out of town. I remember he was just like, I need somebody to coach these 10-year-olds. Hmm. Here you go, Marcellus. Um, I know I used to hang with him at, at his practices and stuff like that. And so I just remember it being such a great experience. It was challenging. It was I was nervous. I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a kid coaching kids. You know what I'm saying? Correct. So it was kind of nerve wracking. But I remember it was a boys team, except I had a girl on my team. And she was the best. She was the best player on the floor. <laughs> and uh, it got to the point where some of the people in the audience was complaining that she was on the team. Like, I thought this was a boys team. But anyway, now go figure that. But it was so long ago that I literally had to walk home because I didn't, you know, didn't drive, I didn't have a ride. But that's how much I wanted to do it. But um, since then, obviously, I was in school still, but I, I, I was coaching with him off and on. And then I started coaching um, in the Canusa games. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's the games where we take some young children from Flint and our sister city in Canada, Hamilton, They'll get some young people and then they'll uh, alternate places every year. So one year's in Flint, one year's in Hamilton. I started coaching in that, coaching uh, young girls basketball, um, and then moved on to coaching in the high school ranks um, at Flint Central, coaching girls basketball, assistant coaching to Thomas Tucker. And then I went with him over to Flint Northern, coaching the boys as well. So in that time, in 2007, um, actually before that, this would have been maybe 2004, uh, one of my my good friends, Jared Field, my coworkers, we talked about how the AAU, and for those, those of you who don't know, that's travel basketball. That's where you see the tournaments all around the country and stuff. And um, it was so corrupt, though, at that time. It was just children and parents getting used, um, money exchanging hands in the wrong way. There's so much corruption that we just wanted to start. We just, it would have been great, we said, if there was a clean program, no ifs, ands, buts about it in our city, right? There was other programs, and I'm not disparaging other programs in our, in our city, but we wanted to start something different. Uh, for those children who may not have been the, the most sought after, right, that everybody wanted. So... That's what we did. A few years later, uh, he called me up like, hey, man, you know, I got the name. What do you think about this? And so we we uh, spitballed that. What, what should we call it? Me and Michigan what? Came up with Lakers and uh, started a program. And it's basically has been what it's always – what we always wanted. It's a clean program that focuses on development. And we take those guys that – a lot of people don't want because they don't think they're good enough or they're not the upper echelon. And sometimes we do get great players. Don't get me wrong, but, but I love, I love coaching guys up. And, you know, so that's what we do. We take young men, we put them on teams, we coach them up, we train them to be basketball players and better men. And we take them around the state and sometimes out of state to different tournaments and do what we do. Amen. Well, I mean, that can that reasoning for starting a program get any better than that honestly you saw that uh, around you some programs weren't doing the best for these young guys and you decided okay 
let me let me try and let me see. And it's been a success, has it not? Yeah, but it was tough in the beginning, man. I'll be honest because we didn't know who to trust. We didn't know what tournaments to go to. We ran it. <laughs> we've been to some interesting places. Mm. Uh, we've had. Uh, I remember we we tried to get in a tournament up in Saginaw, and uh, I think the day before, a couple days before, the tournament just got canceled. You know, and uh, you know we had a lot of people raring to go and people buying hotel rooms, and it was just it was interesting. But mm. um, you know, I got with a group of. We, you know, we finally started meeting some some good reputable people across the state. Uh, my guy, Coach Daryl Matthews, one of my one of my guys. You know, so and you know he really helped me. His program had been around longer. He's out of Kalamazoo area, and uh, he really just uh, my man, Coach Joe, out of West Michigan um, on the West uh, West Michigan Lakers. Believe it or not, so they their team was West Michigan Lakers. We were the Mid Michigan Lakers, and uh, he was very instrumental. Uh, Steve Bell with his program. Uh, Parallel 45 at the time, it was just really when you find that good group, those guys kind of help you along, sort of let you know what tournaments to get in, what not to. And then from that, man, it was just us just grinding and building. And I'm, we don't chase, I don't chase attention. So I've never sought out Channel 12 to come to my practice or to put us on TV. Because I always said I just wanted I wanted guys who wanted to be Lakers, you know, who wanted to be Lakers just to be a Laker, you know. And uh, but I will say that programs have come and gone, but MML is still around, you know, and uh, that says a lot. Yeah, that's a testament to how uh, rigid you've built the infrastructure, and obviously you're doing the right thing. You're coaching these guys. God is looking on that saying, okay, we need to make sure that this stays afloat. But um, I told you about my team of researchers, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, we had, uh, we investigated your website mm. that you, the Mid Michigan Lakers website. And there's some things on there I want to ask you. Let me just say this that's mmlbasketball.com oh. if you're interested. mmlbasketball.com. And uh, maybe I'll put it on the bottom here for, you, <laughs> for your convenience. How about that? And maybe I'll put it in the description for your convenience. How about like that? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if he remembers. Yes. Uh, but I, we investigated your website, and there's some things that, that uh, not things that I have a problem with, but I just, I picked it out, and I said, well, this is, this is different. You know, because you go to different sports programs. I've only been in one sports program, and, mm, well, you got your traditional, like, okay, on the team lingo, you know, your language from the coaches, like, oh, be nice, be fair, treat everybody with respect. But this was something different. So, and I know you. I have the privilege of knowing you. I know you're very subliminal sometimes. You like to hide a message in a message. In plain sight. No. <laughs> Not in plain sight. That No. <laughs> uh, but uh, we went to your website. Before you join. Uh, before you become a Laker, these things are some these are there's some things that you need to understand first. Uh, right off the bat, listen, y'all, right off the bat uh, in the first paragraph, this is what I saw. Let me read it to you. It says, I do not believe in rewarding those who did not put in the correct effort. I do not believe in rewarding those who did who, who did not put in the correct effort. 
And so, you know, say you get a great guy who played his butt off last season, you know, and he's like, listen, my ticket to the team this year is sealed. You know, um, according to this, he's got to prove himself all over again. Mm. Why does he need to do that? Well, because we believe in fairness. And so I have tryouts every year. I mean, you do have to try out every year if you were, whether you played last year or you didn't. Um, and I know that's unique in some respects, but I need to understand that this year you want to be a Laker the same way you want it to be last year. So the effort has to be uh, in the correct form. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to be the greatest player in tryouts. Um, so often I will keep a guy that may not be the may not have had the greatest tryout, but I just see something in him, or I believe in something in him, or I feel uh, a nudge to keep him because I want to work with him. But you got to prove yourself, and you got to prove that you're willing to put that effort in every time and not feel entitled because we don't want that that feeling of entitlement to set in because that's when you stop grinding that's when you stop working right and um i'm just kind of curious you know because some would say i'm a little bit nosy uh but what was this a lot of it <laughs> okay uh what kind of backlash have you have you gotten uh, for not grandfathering people into the into the thing a little but surprisingly not a lot and i mean because um the reason why that's on there is because i've i've added that over time right beginning the website didn't say that but when you start seeing a certain trend you want to nip it in the bud and that's basically what happened there um mm -hmm. you started seeing some guys thinking oh i played last year so i can take it easy no no we're not gonna do that so you put that out in front everything that's on that website I tell my guys, so I don't have a pro I don't have a problem telling them. I don't have a problem telling their parents. Um, it's really a testament to being upfront. If you're upfront with them, you don't really have to worry about a lot of backlash. And if you do get backlash, you just say, "Remember what?" Matter of fact, go back and read. Mm. You know, paragraph one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? No, Pastor Brown, if you're watching, I, I understand what he said. Okay. I get what he said. That's exactly what you said the other day. Mm. Well, it might not be the other day right now. But um, something else that really got my brain moving. Uh, you know, Gen Z, this generation, and some would say I'm included in that. Uh, others would say I am an anomaly, an outlier, somewhere so far off from everyone else on the graph but I digress. Um, but Gen Z, the, the generation, uh, they feel like they don't want to necessarily work for the results. You know, they, they want the results right now and they don't want to work. Um, do you feel that in the, in the team sometimes? Or they're just like, well, uh, I, I know I need to prove myself, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really want to do this. I just want to play. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, oh You fight that battle all the time. There's no different between 
young people in the church in terms of that and young people outside of the church. Um, this is this is a battle with the, the generation. And that, that generation is that it's a right now generation, instant microwave generation, as we like to call it sometimes. And some programs, they'll just roll a ball out in practice and um, they'll just let the kids rip and run up and down the court, depend on the guys who already know how to play. And then that's who plays during the games. But in, in our program, we, we teach. So practice is very disciplined. Practice is or, uh, very ordered. It's, it's uh, structured. We want to teach a certain thing. We want to make sure players have a certain level uh, before the game. And then if you cannot prove it in practice, you don't get the opportunity, the same opportunity to prove it in the game. It doesn't work like that. So it's, you, you start to understand, you start to instill those principles of earning what you get. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way it is. And see, we can take the great thing about the Mid-Michigan Lakers is as I get an opportunity, what I didn't have during school when I was coaching in school is I can take those kingdom principles and take them to my program. Because see, the thing about it is it's my program. It's not governed by the school system. It's not governed by anybody else. So um, I can take those kingdom principles and, and also use them and instill them. We talk every day or every practice. We don't just come to practice, throw the ball out and go. We talk every practice before practice begins because I need them to understand that there's more to life than this basketball bouncing up and down. Because when it stops bouncing, and it will stop. At some point in your life, it will stop bouncing. You need to know how to handle what's next and what's really out there in life. Mm-hmm. And that just brings up something else you said on the website. A half-hearted effort will not be rewarded. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. A half-hearted effort, and for me too, a half-hearted effort will not be rewarded. Some people call it half, they use another word in the world. My Uncle Johnny says half-stepping, you know, half-stepping anyways. Uh, but uh, in that program, half-stepping, halfway doing it won't be rewarded. Mm-mm. And what kind of, honestly, though, I'm just kind of curious, you know, what, what does that teach you in regular life? You know, obviously, you know, I guess what I want to ask is, because I don't really know basketball, I don't really know mm-hmm. a halfway done job, you know. So how does that, how does teaching them by playing the game basketball, you can't go halfway, you have to put 100% effort in. How does that relate to everyday life? Oh, man, it's it's directly relatable. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. You want to be the best you can be on the job. But if you come to work late regularly, if you don't do your assignments on time, if you don't do uh, you don't listen when the boss tell you to do X, Y and Z, you're going to have a hard time reaching the level that you want to reach. But somehow, in some way, some of us think we deserve it just because we're there. And what we're in the same way in school, you can, you can only reach a certain level in school if you put in the correct effort. So just like basketball, if you want to be the best potential player that you can be, it's going to take an accelerated effort. Every day you got to be doing something to get better. I tell my guys all the time, good, better, best. Don't ever rest until today's good is better than yesterday's best. And that just really is just saying 
that is just a, it's an idea of continual improvement. It's the idea of putting in that effort on a daily basis. You hear coaches all the time, coaches cliches. They say, if you, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And that's, that's not necessarily true, but what they mean is if you're not getting better, other people are. And so mm-hmm. by proxy, you're getting worse because the, 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 the advantage you had over them is shrinking until at some point they may end up passing you. So um, that half-hearted effort is mm, unacceptable. Right. And I'm sure the effort um, needed does not stop 100%. The, the need for 100% effort does not stop uh, once you get on the team. After you've gotten on the team, you have to maintain 100% effort. You have to be loyal. You have to respect, you know, have to show up on time. Mm. Uh, these are some of the things that I read in the on the, the researchers and I have determined and investigated. <laughs> uh, these are the types of things that you're looking for. Um, and really, what you said, it translates into everyday life. Uh, if you are not loyal, if you're not putting 100 percent effort in, you know, somebody who might not be necessarily putting 100% effort in, but they're putting more effort in than you, you know, they're going to surpass you at some point. And, um, you know, I'm not really all that familiar with sports programs, but I'm pretty sure that that is, is where yours differentiates from the rest of the pack. You know, you're really just sitting these guys down and listen, Hey, this is what we're doing. Okay. If you don't like it, there's the door, right? <laughs> There's the door. There's the door. Absolutely. Um, and some of the other policies that I like, you know, like the no swearing policy for the players and for the parents. You in my gym, you don't swear, period. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. And uh, shutting down that feeling of entitlement. Uh, you know, I was brought up to respect everyone. But you know why, too? Because we need to understand and we need to, like I said, I'm. it's all teaching. It's all teaching. And we got to teach young men that there's more words in the vocabulary to express yourself. Somebody told me when I was young one day, hey, you, if you cussing, it's because you don't, your vocabulary is not large enough to really express yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I don't want to be seen as somebody who doesn't have a large vocabulary. So I need to find some some more words to express myself. And that's what what I want them to understand. It's not um, I, I, I can't control them outside of that environment. Right. But what they what we can do is plant some seeds there that makes that makes them think and they and they get to think about how they'll handle themselves outside of that gym as well right that's what i've been told too uh you know justice if you because uh, i didn't really swear and if i did swear it was kind of out of context you know the words that i use wouldn't make sense so i can't say it but you know like don't give an example. No, I can't give you an example. But that, I mean, that's that's pretty much, you know, what I've been taught. You know, just as your vocabulary, if you swear, is is limited. And so, uh, but anyways, um, going back to that feeling of entitlement, I think, and this is just me, I think um, when you have that good male role model in your life or a good male a good role model period uh, that can teach you and that can show you what humility looks like because you know there's a lot of people out there that don't have that that Mm -hmm. teaching 
you know, and it's it's very important. I used to think it wasn't that important, but now I realize dealing with people, yes, humility is very important, you know. And so, do you do you have any examples of of when you had to shut somebody down for being too disrespectful? Yeah. Really? <laughs> it's going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen, but but it's going to only happen once with me. Mm. And uh, I'll give you a perfect example. This jersey that hangs behind me, this yellow jersey belongs to uh, J.D. Tisdale, who, mind you, is one of the only two people, one of only two people that has their jersey retired with our program. Um, so no, nobody will ever wear the number one again for our program. So he was a great player of our program. Uh, he started with in, with me in the eighth grade um, and continued on throughout his high school career. But in that, there was one tournament. And I, 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 had, I, I think we were in Livonia, if I'm not mistaken, and we were playing against one of his buddies. And, man, we were getting, we were getting beat. Let's just say, just say it what it was. They were very good. Wow. Um, I believe it was uh, Team Detroit. And uh, – I believe it was uh, Monte Morris, who's presently in the Denver Nuggets, was playing on that team. I believe uh, maybe Richmond Lewis, who also played with me at Flint Northern. But we were getting beat pretty bad, and, and J.D. just lost his mind for a minute. And I can't tell you, I don't remember what he said, but I remember it was just, what, what we got to understand and what I tell my players is in the moment in the game, I'm always right. It doesn't mean that I'm necessarily always right, but in that moment, the coach is always right, that office of the coach. And you don't disrespect that in that moment. And so when he did, I had to sit him down. Because what do I control as a coach? I don't control his mouth. I don't control his actions. I can't play for him. I can't shoot. I can't dribble for him. But what I control is playing time. So you got to go sit down, you know. And clearly he was our best player. So that hurts the team, correct? Mm -hmm. Right. So we're already losing, and now we're losing worse. But he's hurting now because he knows that he's hurting his team. And so he's on the bench, and he's asking to come back in. And uh, I remember at the end, towards the end, it might have been a couple minutes left, and we were losing by about 40. I put him back in because I wanted him to feel what it was like to lose by 40 while he was on the court. And I, re I just remember talking to him after that, and I said – do you understand what happened and why it happened? And he didn't understand it completely, but we talked. And you know what he said? He said, it'll never happen again, Coach. And it never happened again to, the, to this day. I, I talk to J.D. periodically right now to this day, um, and it has never happened again. And he got, he got the lesson. And that's what it was all about. And then, like I said, he went on. He didn't leave. He didn't get upset and, and walk away from the program. He stayed and he grew and he developed into a professional basketball player. And that's, and that's really what it's all about. Not the professional basketball player part, but that growth and development. Right. Because there were, there were two things I got out of that. One, you're teaching them um, to respect the office. Mm -hmm. You know, listen, you know, we learned this in, in the ministry, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we learned this in the world. I mean, you know, whoever the president is, whoever the pastor is, whoever the coach is, it doesn't matter. Whoever your boss is. Right. Whoever the boss is, it don't matter. You respect the office. That's right. You might not like the person in the office. Teach it now. But that don't mean you get to disrespect the office. 
you know, and, and that's a very, very, very powerful lesson mm -hmm. for young people to learn. And, you know, I had struggles with it, you know. JD apparently has struggled with it one time, which, you know, I don't know if it was just one time. It was one time with me. One time with you. <laughs> I can't tell you what he did with everybody else. It was one time yeah. with me. I can but tell you that. The point is he never did it again to you. And who knows? He might be respectful to everybody he comes across right now. But uh, the other thing I took out of that was, um, you know, you risked losing the game to teach him a lesson. That is big because, you know, there are coaches out there that are like, listen, we win in this game no matter what. You know, you guys play hard. You know, y'all go start, whatever. You said no. His development is more important than us winning this game. How do you, as a coach, would you got other other people playing in that game? How do you make that decision? How do you sit back and let this play out? Because that's the that's what my program and our program that those that work with me we wanted to be about. It's not a win at all cost program. It is a development and growth. I want to not only make better basketball players, but better men in society. And if, and we're coaching ages 15, 16, 17. So we're right in that transitional phase before you go out into the world, if you will, as, a, as an adult. So we made a decision that we're not going to win at all costs. I'm not going to buy and sell players um, weekly to try to win at all costs. I'm not going to do that to them. I'm going to grow and develop them. And I tell them all the time, I don't promise you anything except that you'll get better if you listen. Because if you listen, you'll work because I'm going to tell you to work and I'm going to show you how to work. So if you listen and you will work and you will get better. If you, That's all I can promise you. I can't promise you at the end of the day it's going to turn into a college basketball scholarship. I can't tell you at the end of the day you're going to be a pro. I can't tell you any of that. But my commitment is if you listen, you will grow. And that you can't have a win at all cost mentality like with that. And that's and so we will we will never do that. We will never we will certainly strive to win. That's the goal. That's the goal of our program. But we will never do it at the cost of developing young men. Hmm. So ultimately, ultimately, you want to see uh, your players succeed, not only in the game of basketball, but in the game of life, in the game of life. <laughs> What's bigger? Like I said, the ball's going to stop bouncing. Correct. At some point. At some point. But hopefully your life continues on. And, and sometimes that discipline allows their life to continue on because some of them are undisciplined. And they're getting out there and you in this world undisciplined, you can run yourself into a lot of trouble. And so we want to we narrow that focus down and get discipline in our, in our lives and in their lives. And so it'll give their lives an opportunity to continue and not have to deal with some of these things where you're hearing about these young men um, going astray and losing their lives unnecessarily. I've only had, in the years, like I said, we've been established since 2007, I've only had one player that I had to remove completely from the team. Um, I don't tolerate. <laughs> I don't tolerate, like I said, you get once. Mm -hmm. But once you do it again, I'm, I'm sorry. You got to move on. You know what I'm saying? It, you're not going to reach everybody, but we're going to try. Yeah. And it sounds like you, since you only had to remove one, it's like 
Everybody else is good. Almost. Yeah. And, and good is relative. It's not perfect. Everybody's going to, there's going to be mistakes made, but the stick to to the program, to the development is what we want to see. Mm-hmm. And if you look at our website and you go to our alumni page, we've got over 50 um, alumni that have gone on to play uh, collegiate sports, uh, whether it's some football, but mostly basketball, and even got a pro wrestler or two in a bunch. So it's, it's, wow. it's amazing. Okay. A pro wrestler like the WWE? He's been on WWE before, wow. yes. Okay. You cool. might know him. His name is Loren Jones. Pastor, uh, the late Pastor Kevin Jones' his son. So uh, mental health is a hot topic right now. Mm. Uh, you know, we've got all these school shootings. We got a divided country, uh, war possibly on the horizon in uh, Eastern Europe, a pandemic still looming, social media cancel culture, identity crises, etc. And all of this is is weighing on a young person's mind. You know, even deeper than that, you know, I imagine you deal with some guys who. Uh, don't necessarily have a father figure at home mm-hmm. and maybe they they feel as though they're the protectors of the family you know they're the ones that need you know i'm locking the doors at night i'm i'm protecting mom i'm protecting siblings all day that's a lot of responsibility you they're putting on themselves mm. and so um how can we be kingdom males how can us kingdom males be there uh, for those young men when sometimes we don't even understand what they're going through? Well, well, first of all, we need to, to actually be there. That's the, that's the first thing you said or you asked the question, and the answer sounds simple, but literally being there, being available. Um, I, I had a young man tell me, and I'm not going to say his name, um, but one of my former players, this was actually when I coached in, in high school, and he told me, he said, you are – the only positive male that I have in my life. Now, number one, that's a big burden on me because it lets me know. But what it did, it showed me something. They're watching you. Mm-hmm. So you can't be out here posting anything on social media. You can't be out here saying anything and acting crazy because these young people are watching you. But it, it was also sad to me. And uh, this young man, I've, I mean, I've given him because he didn't have, I mean, he was wearing shoes that were, you know, just tore up. He just wanted to play. And so, man, I I just went out, got him some shoes, and I, I made sure not to embarrass him. So I didn't just say, hey, look, I, I bought you some shoes because your shoes was jacked up, you know, in front of everybody. I, I gave him the keys to my car and said, hey, when you go, it's a box in the back seat. Go grab it. It's for you. You know, so he could do it. You have to worry about people asking where it came from, all that kind of stuff, because it's not about that. It's just about offering him something that I I was able to do for him. And I've done that. I've literally given uh, young men the shoes off my feet after practice just because he told me he liked my shoes. And he really he kept talking about my shoes. And I said, you know what? I have a, a number of pairs of shoes so I can uh, I can. I can release one. So I took them off my feet and gave them to him after practice. And it's not to brag. I mean, I've caught JD. 
was off in college. And I called JD. I said, JD, I need some shoes for, you know, I got some guys that wear your same size that they don't have a lot. I know you're in college. I know you've been getting shoes. You know what I'm saying? The, the school he went to, a school, you know, Division One program. So I said, I need some shoes. No problem. Next thing I know, I had a garbage bag with shoes in it, and I did the same thing. I left them in my truck. I said, go get what you want. Take as many as you want. And it, 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 here's the thing, man. It's, it's just about being there. Uh, but I've had Brother Omar Sims come to my practices and talk to our young men. I've had a brother Adrian Baysmore come in and, and do some speed work with him, but also just talk to him about being in his college experiences and things like that. Some Sometimes kingdom males just need to go outside of the four walls of your church and actually be there. Volunteer some of your time because that's one of the most important things you can give is your time because they just need somebody to talk to. They need somebody to be there. They need somebody that they can reach out to at the drop of a hat and say, hey, this is going on and I don't know what to do. I still, you know what I, I love to this day, man, I, I guys that haven't played for me for 10 years, they call me and call me coach, you know, because they know that when they talk to me, that's what they're going to, I had a young man and he has great family. So this is not just about people without fathers. He has a great family, mom, dad, brother, in the home, everybody, I mean, his mom's amazing. She just uh, runs like super marathons, even though she's was battling cancer, like taking chemo and she was still, I mean, she's the most amazing woman. But he, he was like, man, coach, I just, I just need to talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just out of the blue. I just needed to talk to you. And uh, he called me and I, I was on vacation, but it didn't matter to me because I needed to be there for him in that moment. And so, Kingdom Males, let's just let's be there. Find an organization like the Mid Michigan Lakers that you can volunteer some time at. Doesn't have to be every day, but volunteer some time just to be there, and just to, in those times where those questions come up, and you can provide some answers, or you might have an anecdotal story from your experience that you can tell them. And this is how you overcome this, because sometimes they need to know people that have been through some things that they went through. I haven't been through everything, but some people have been through more things than me so you have a different experience to share so let's let's look mental health let me say this mental health is real we've talked about that on this program right but we have to be careful that we're not raising young men to depend on a mental health diagnosis here's what i mean here's what i mean by that i heard a story um recently and the guy said, I asked my friend, what do you think about your ch children's future? And he said, my grandfather walked 10 miles to school. My father walked five. I'm driving a Cadillac. My son, he's driving a Mercedes. My grandson, he'll be driving a Ferrari. My great grandson, he'll be walking again. And the guy looked at him and Kind of surprised. What you mean? Walking again. That doesn't make sense. But what do you mean by that? And he said this. He said, tough times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. And weak men create tough times. And the guy said, well, 
what are you what are you saying? He said, what I'm saying is this. Most people won't understand, but you have to raise warriors. You have to raise warriors. Uh, that's what great coaching instills into players, a warrior mentality. You have to raise strong, strong men, young men that can get past these obstacles in life because they're going to come. We're all going to have mental challenges. I, I, I read a poem on here talking about I'm not OK. It's a, it was a challenge. I didn't stay there, though. You know what I'm saying? The difference is you don't stay there. And we don't use that as an excuse not to function in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having a discussion with some people you know in our, in our ministry. And they were talking about a seven-year-old girl who said she needed a mental health day so she couldn't go to school. Virtual school. On a Monday. After being off Saturday and Sunday. Like you just had two mental health days. <laughs> just saying. So is that a, I mean... Is that a mental health day or is that an excuse? And that's what, see, we got we to gotta be careful that we don't foster um, those excuses and not, so we, so the, the real mental health challenges get, get uh, overshadowed because we want to deal with those because they do exist. But, man, when I heard that the other day, Justice, um, about raising warriors, it's just so applicable, applicable to coaching because you're coaching these young men to deal with a world that is evil and dark. I mean, that's the world. It's governed by Satan. We know that. So you can't send them out there with no tools to overcome. We, you and I talked about uh, the full armor one day, mm-hmm. right? You got to go out there with your armor or those fiery darts going to all of a sudden hurt a little bit more, right? Absolutely. And so you don't want to send them out there. So I, I, I said all that to say that mental health challenges while real, we want to help as kingdom males raise these warriors, even for those who, whether they have a father in the home or not. Sometimes it's hard to hear it from your father or your grandfather, but somebody outside can can tell you something. And it's like, man, you know what? I hear you. I hear you. And and, and that's just the truth. And and uh, we got to be there as kingdom males. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me, uh, you know, and, you know, dad, if you're watching this, sometimes I don't really want to hear what you guys say. Man, I had to say it. I, I didn't want to look at you while I was saying it. But, uh, you know, sometimes you say stuff that I'm just like, dude, come on. And then, you know, Holy Spirit. I mean, God really wants me to get this this locked down. So he'll tell my grandfather to tell it to me. And I was like, really? Come on, God. And then this one right here, <laughs> Lord will give him he'll, the exact wording that they said to me, to him. And then he'll be like, yeah, you can't do that. And I'm like, oh, fine. And then, you know, just the other week, uh, Michael Leroy was like, no, you can't do that. I was like, okay, God, this is what you're telling me. But uh, what I'm getting here is that um, kingdom males are to lead by example it's we we've got our skills we've got our passions our our desires you know you coach but when you go out you have to find a way 
to instill these principles in them, doing what you love doing, doing what you desire doing, doing what you, uh, what you're doing out there. You know what I mean? Uh, that's great. You know, we need more kingdom males like you and like some of the men that we have in this church who go out and who find a way to minister to these guys to where they can understand. You know, we talked about, uh, and that brings up a very interesting question. Um, how do you balance that? How do you mm. balance ministering versus, you know, because in some places you can't just go in and be like, turn your Bibles to so-and-so and such and such, you know? So how do you, how do you balance that out? That's, that's a great question because you, like you said, you can, you can't go slapping everybody in the, over the head with a Bible. I wish you could. Uh, doesn't work, first of all. <laughs> and then secondly, <laughs> it's not accepted in some places, right? You can't go uh, preaching in school all the time. But what, you, what we've learned, what we, what we learned, Justice, is principles don't change. So if you learn a principle, you can apply a principle even outside of there. Now, as far as my program, I can say what I want to say, right? Because it's, it's my program. So I can tell I can literally open a Bible if I wanted to. And uh, matter of fact, we practiced the last place we practiced was at a church. <laughs> so um, I could literally open my Bible if I wanted to. I'm, I'm not going to do that necessarily because that's not there's you, you have to be purposeful in what you do. And there's a time and a place for everything. But we do go and we're governed by I'll say governed. We have a scripture base for our program. Um. And that scripture is is from our good old, our buddy Paul, a friend of the program, Paul, in this letter to the Corinthians. And it's in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. And we, let me just read this real quick. And then I'll tell you how we apply this. It says, uh, this is in the uh, Message Bible. It says, you've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. Right now on the back of my uniforms for my, my guys, it says run to win directly from this verse. And I remember when the co-founder, Jared Field, he, he actually brought this verse to, the, to me. And he said, I, he said, I like this. And I said, yeah, we got to use it. We have to use it because... We're, when we're playing, oh, we're trying to win. We're running to win. Don't get it wrong. That scripture even says they do it for a gold medal in a race. We're doing it for a, a trophy, if you will, in that. But more importantly, your eternal life is important. And so that development, you know what I'm saying? That, that development becomes key. <clears throat> and it doesn't even, our, let me give you an example. You know Joseph Johnson, my, my nephew. Joseph when he came into my program, he knows he knew I coached, but he never once said, hey, Unc, I want to play basketball. You know, he just came to tryouts. I was like, okay. You know, Joseph's pretty short, right? Short mm -hmm. guy. Yeah, he's pretty short. Couldn't get the ball to the rim from the free throw line consistently. Uh, I was like, wow, uh, this, is, this is interesting. Um, I, you know, by all accounts, by all accounts, let's – by his tryout, he didn't deserve to make that team. Correct. But, again, you see something. And, yeah, he was my nephew, but he'll tell you, he did not play a lot at all. 
because I don't I don't believe in that just just giving people stuff. Mm -hmm. But I had another coach come in and talk to the team, and you know what he said? He looked dead at him. He said, "You know what? I don't know you. You're going to you're going places. You're gonna be somebody because every word that I'm saying, you are paying attention. You look at me in my eye. You stare me down. He said you're taking every word I say out of my mouth." And you're you're ingesting it," he said. And I and he looked dead at him. I hadn't I don't I hadn't said nothing about any of the players. And I said, "Wow." I said that young man. And right now, that young man is graduating from Kettering University with his with his degree this year. That man is going. That young man is going places. But you know what he also did? He went from that young man who couldn't get the ball to the rim from the free throw line to starting on his JV team the next year to starting on his varsity team a year after that. And with my team, he was playing very little because it was a better level of competition. But he was learning. He was growing. He was developing. So when he get back to his coach, he was going to be a better player. And so we can get better. All athletes train hard. We want them to get better for that win, but to get better for the life that follows as well. And that's how you, you instill those principles. That's one way you instill those principles in there. Y'all, I'm having fun learning. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask this question, and this is, this is all I got. But uh, you know, we talk about tough love. Mm. You know, being harsh. You talk about raising mm. up warriors. You know, obviously, you can't raise up no warriors talking soft and 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 all of that. Um, how? How do you approach doing this? Like, how, how do you approach it? Do you do you do a lot of yelling, or or do you let let them soak in the principles? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. This is this is a very probably deeper question than you even know, because this is very important. Because a lot of people feel that you can't raise warriors with us with a soft tone. Mm -hmm. I don't do a lot of yelling. Very, very few times. You ask any of my players, very few times have they heard me yell. In fact, I tell them, if you can't hear me, you better get close enough where you can. Because I'm not about, I'm not about to be yelling no louder than what I'm doing. And so they understand. If you can't hear me, you better get close enough to where you can. Um, parents have often said, hey, you're so quiet. Uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, not a, that's not a detriment. Here's the thing. Love in and of itself is true. So the truth is going to hurt at times. So love in and of itself is tough. You don't have to, you don't have to exercise tough love by being aggressive because if you're truly loving somebody, it is tough in and of itself. But the key is, even though I don't yell, the message is consistent. The message, and they, and they can see that consistency and they can say, okay, it doesn't matter if I'm playing great or if I'm playing bad, the message is consistent. It's not based on what I'm doing. So it's not a love based on what you can do for me. It doesn't matter if you're a great player or you're the last person on the bench. It doesn't matter if you're six foot eight and athletic or you're five foot eight. It doesn't matter. The message is consistent because that's what love is really all about. So when you demonstrate that love to those young men, you don't have to yell. I love coach Tony Dungy. Um, I used to coach in the NFL. He was a, a man of God won a Super Bowl as a, as a man who doesn't curse. 
you know what I'm saying? Doesn't do a lot of yelling, doesn't do a lot of boisterous talking. And people said he couldn't do it. People said, oh, he'll never win. And he proved them wrong because it doesn't take that. But what it takes is being genuine. And that's what it's all about. Amen. Well, listen, three great men, Minister Brown, Aaron Mason, and now the right reverend. Okay. <laughs> the bishop himself. Oh, bishop. Bishop. <laughs> Marcellus. Went way off the <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I want to thank you for coming on your own show with me today. I appreciate the work you and your researchers did. <laughs> yes, um, we, we in did. making these interviews. And I want everybody to know that even though this is um, our show, I did not know <laughs> what questions were coming. I honestly didn't. I purposely, and he sent me the questions, but I purposely didn't even, I didn't want it to seem scripted. This was an opportunity for us to just have a conversation about going out in the field and dealing with young men um, of all ages. I mean, you know, not all ages. They're all high school age, but all races and cultures. I mean, I often have more people that don't look like me on my team than do. Mm -hmm. And that's a that's saying a lot, but that's a different show because there's some reasons for that where people that look like us don't even necessarily trust us. But that's a whole different show. Um, but you know what? Those parents see something. I had a kid that came all the way from the thumb. And I wish I knew the little city right now, but I can't remember. But he drove two hours to practice. Wow. His name was Matt Falls. He drove two hours to practice. And he, he, was, he was in Class D there, which is the small schools. And he was scoring a lot. You know, me, he was just the average player. But then the guy that was playing in front of him got hurt. It was our second tournament, and the guy tore his Achilles. And uh, it was sad because he was a really good player, really good. But Matt got an opportunity, and boy, did he embrace it. When I tell you that boy played up to another level, his mom couldn't – I mean, she was so thankful because it broke him out of a shell that he had been in in that area. And this is two hours away. I don't even know how we heard about our program. I have no idea. Yeah, it was. It's amazing to me. I had a you know another player from a long way away. I still talk to his mom to this day on Facebook, and she supported the program financially even after he was gone. You know what I'm saying? It was just. It was. The impact is is what we can have on young people. Is amazing if we just, like Nike said, just do it. Right. That that is deep. He drove two hours. You had multiple people doing that. It just goes to, you know, what you're doing and what we as kingdom males need to be doing. We need to be going out. We need to be reaching these young guys, you know, especially in the inner city. And there's some in the suburbs. There's some in, in the countries, in the hills and all of this stuff. You know, go ye therefore teach all nations mm -hmm. you know everybody no matter if you're black white asian mexican or hispanic <laughs> you know that's our mandate and uh, as kingdom men you know we have the responsibility we have the responsibility we have to lead by example we have to show up and show out and show them who god really is 
man, was that a closing monologue or what? <laughs> you hit it. All right. Well, you know what? It's the end of our show today. We got to quit. Maybe we can do a part two, but uh, we still got to do John's part two. <laughs> so, uh, hey, John, how you doing? Uh, but, uh, you know, if you like this video, hit that like button. You know, smash it. Smash it. It doesn't deserve mercy. It deserves no mercy. Okay. Smash that like button. Uh, if you, you know, took anything out of this message today, or if you want to talk to us, or you want to, you know, have a topic for a future show, put it in the comments section, or you can email us at khmsocialmedia at gmail.com. And most of all, subscribe to the channel. We're up to how many subscribers now? I mean, we got like 76. I know we wanted to do 100 before the end of the year, but we can still get to 100 pretty quick. Still pressing. Still pressing. You know, what's that song? If I could just press, press it, press. Yeah, it's to just press My on My goodness. <laughs> but also don't remember, don't forget to share. Share this episode with somebody. Share it with somebody. Share it with a young man who wants to play basketball and is, is high school age, 9th, 10th, or 11th grade. We are getting ready to start back up in March. So... Share it with them. Share it with their, with anybody you know, and uh, help us reach the world. All right, each one, reach one. Goodbye. See you later. Click off this video. You can do that now. <laughs>